David. Dwayne. So this is a um, slight departure from uh, Craftsman. Our last Craftsman was uh, episode five. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to do a little bit of a test. I know that you're still uh, fighting a cold. So uh, some sort of respiratory. Yeah. Something or other. Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll just uh, go from here. Sounds good to me. So this is a pre-Thanksgiving yeah. uh, episode. So we're going into the holiday week next week. Mm-hmm. I'm traveling. You're lucky enough to stay home. Yeah, I will be staying home. My uh, parents are going to come up. And um, I believe Mandy's mother is going to be with us. And uh, you know I like to cook. Uh, but with everything going on, uh, I went ahead and ordered a smoked turkey mm-hmm. from a place that does uh, a good job with that. So um, hopefully my Thanksgiving morning is going to be pretty relaxed. We're just going to do some sides and make sure and we warm that up uh, the way we're supposed to. I... I there was a couple of different Thanksgivings where I woke up at like three o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. to prepare and do the oven. And do, I mean, I went through all the steps and monitored it the whole time. And by the time it was done, I was ready to eat a little bit. And then I just wanted to go to bed. I was even <laughs> sick, you know, just like, yeah. cause I'd been trying to do too much. And so, um, in an effort to enjoy the holiday more, I figured um, I would do something that was um, relatively easy, and I knew that it was done by somebody that knows what they're doing. Yeah, and uh, I can just focus on keeping it um, from drying out. Yeah, we actually are going to do turkey. Uh, I ordered a turkey and I ordered a ham. Oh, okay, but. Um, we're going to have so many sides and everything else. I think that all of us could probably do a good job finishing up that Turkey in one day. Yeah. Whereas if we do like a 14 pound ham, we're all going to be full. And then we're still going to be eating leftovers for like a while. Yeah. Two or three weeks. Yeah. So, um, in an effort to also spare my family from, uh, eating ham for, for every meal. Uh, yeah, we're, we're going to save the ham for something else. So uh, nice. Yeah. That should be a good time. Yeah, I think so. And you're going to be going. You're going Dallas, and then you're going New Mexico to New Mexico, right? So I I added it up the other night, and I should spend no less than thirty hours in a vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Wow! Uh, so pretty exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Do you? Do you like driving? Is it sort of like a way that you can kind of zone out and just do your thing? Uh, it depends on what's going on in the vehicle. How many people are with you? Yeah. yeah. If it's just me and the dogs or me and one other person who's who's kind of low-key, then, yeah, I I can do great. Right. I'll put music on or I'll put podcasts on or I'll, you know, I can stare out the window. It, it, I can zone out and I can I – can, Put some miles down. Yeah. Um, if there's a, a lot of commotion and mm. noise and movement and 
we got to stop, even though we stopped five miles ago. I that wears on me, tiresome, yeah, a lot, yeah. And you'll when you go to New Mexico, will it be um, Emily and Jaden? Uh, it'll be Emily and Jaden, and also my two dogs. Wow, will be there, yeah, full house, full, full house. Yeah, the dogs travel well. They they? they yeah. sleep most of the time. Well, when it's just us, they sleep. Yeah. Um, it's hard to tell what they'll do with a two-year-old and snacks, but we'll, we'll see. I have an idea <laughs> of what it'll be like. Yeah. I don't have an idea of how to spare you from what you're going to go through, but I can kind of, in my head movies, Yeah, I kind of see a lot of goldfish being consumed by uh-huh. dogs. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I told Emily whatever snacks that is packed for for him, um, none of them can be poisonous to dogs. Right. Uh, right. I don't trust him to meter himself and not <laughs> hand them out freely. Right. So I've got new friends. Yeah. 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 Man. And your family, traditionally, what do you have for Thanksgiving? We do Mexican food for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, pozole and uh, enchiladas. What's pozole? Uh, well, red pozole is red chili sauce with uh, pork, uh-huh. pork shoulder, yeah, um, cut into cubes, uh-huh. chunked, um, and white corn or hominy, yeah, um, in it, and it's one of my favorite things to eat. It is I will gorge myself, yeah, um, on that. The white corn or hominy. Am I saying that right? Hominy. Hominy. Okay. Yeah. Th- that's how I've heard it pronounced. Yeah. Is that, is it actually soaked and it swells? It is. So yeah. It's, it's, it looks like a fat corn kernel. Yeah. yeah. Almost like corn nuts. Yeah. 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 About the same size. Right. Uh-huh. And that's just a traditional way to eat corn in those meals or whatever. I have no idea how it yeah. came to be. I just know, but together it's, it's a thing. It's quite all right. Yeah. Wow. Is your brother and sister-in-law coming in for that as well? Yeah. They only live 20 minutes from my parents. I didn't realize that. I didn't know they live so close. Yeah. Oh, cool. It's not far at all. So, yeah, they'll be there. Yeah. Um, And I think it'll just be be the immediate family. I don't think. um, Well, a neighbor or two might come. Um, There's a widow that uh, she'll probably be there. Um, I don't think she has all her close family is in other states as well. So I think she'll mm-hmm. be there, but yeah, it, it should just be a, a small group. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm not, not dreading that part at all. Pretty low key. Yeah. 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 And then Friday, um, I tried to set it up. I don't know if we're going to pull it off though. But we may travel down to the ranch where I grew up on, mm-hmm. and uh, and do a little tour and yeah, see see what's going on. And I I talked to some people when I was there a few weeks ago for a, a funeral, and apparently it's not not quite like the place I grew up. Yeah, the the barn that we spoke of mm-hmm. last time apparently they had some high winds and most of the roof's gone and wow. Uh, it just hasn't hasn't uh stood the test of time yeah you know 
in my head, it's still this big, strong structure. And yeah, I, I believe it's pretty derelict at the moment. Right. Um, but I'd still like to see it. Yeah. Uh, just to go out there and, and walk around and drive around. Yeah. Uh, I spent, you know, 18 years, mm-hmm. uh, 17 or 18 years on that place. So yeah, it's a lot wrapped up in it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I just got a uh, text message um, just earlier, and I haven't opened it because I saw it on my watch. But uh, a friend of mine that I grew up with sent me, uh, I guess it's a clipping, um, that the the visitor center for Pinnacle Mountain, uh, which was the main office for the superintendent, which was my dad, and then all the rangers and naturalists and everything. Yeah. They demolished it today. Oh, no. They've built a new one, um, which I haven't been up there. I haven't looked at it. I haven't, you know. And so much of my young childhood is tied up in, I remember that building. I spent a lot of time in that building, mm-hmm. you know, because uh, especially when I was younger, if uh, if I was sick and I couldn't go to school, um, my dad would take me up there. Yeah, and uh, I would keep just, an eye on you throughout. The yeah, day. hang out there, uh, or if I would get out of school, and instead of just going home and sitting there, he would uh, come by and pick me up and take me there. Oh, okay, and uh, so you had an office there. That's oh yeah, where he worked yeah. out of. Yeah, yeah. so he had a uh, an office that was um, at the back of the building, and uh, but they had exhibits. You know, it was open to the public and right. had vending machines and a conference room and a little movie theater and yeah. all those sorts of things. And so that's interesting. I guess I had thought at, at one point I would go back there and actually sort of walk around. I was probably in there maybe seven or eight years ago. Um, but yeah, if I go back there now, it's uh, there's nothing there. Oh, man. You know? So everything changes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was trying to add up the years since I had been there. And I left the ranch in 1997. Mm-hmm. And it's 2023 now. Yeah, wow. So, yeah, uh, that's a lot of years for things to remain Yeah, the way that you remembered them. Yeah. You know? So there's no way it could be... No. Exactly. Right. Yeah, as you left it. Right. There's a a home that I grew up in, um, owned by the park that was part of housing was provided. Yeah. And uh it was turned into an office. Um and uh I remember my my dad said at one point he was like, Yeah, you ought to go by there and, and look at it. It's nice the way they like redid everything, kind of divided things up. And I would have been welcome to do it because I knew the people in the office and everything, but I no. never went back. I never oh, set no. foot in it because I'd rather remember it, uh, you know, the way, it was. the way it was, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and maybe there's something to that. Like maybe I, I don't know, maybe I should do those sorts of things, but I just sort of rather, you know. Yeah. It, once you see something change like that, it's hard to, it's hard to go back and visit. Yeah. Because some of that kind of paints over the the pictures that you have, mm-hmm. and it's not quite the same. Yeah, and I'd rather just sort of in my mind remember what that house was like when it was 
decorated for Christmas or, yeah. you know, when we would have Thanksgiving there or things like that, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting, isn't it? I don't know if that's... I don't know if that's normal or if that's healthy or unhealthy or what, but I just know that's sort of how I've yeah gone through life. Like once I close that chapter, like I don't really like to go back and visit how it's changed. Yeah. Um, that, that's for a building. Yeah. Now, as far as like geography, yeah, I'd still, I, I completely get why you want to go back to the, uh, the ranch and see that land. And, you yeah. know, because the fact is that rant, that, that land, has changed for thousands of years mm-hmm. and you just saw it at one snap shot and right. what was home and familiar to you would not have been to someone a hundred years ago. Yeah. You're like this place has changed. It's not what I remember. Yeah. So, uh, well, yeah, dad was, was, you know, the one that made many, many changes to the land, whether yeah. it was building fence or building corrals or, you know, changing this and changing that or, building this or tearing this down and like yeah, there were so many things that we did that either yeah. created or deleted mm-hmm. obsolete things from from the place that yeah yeah somebody who was there 50 years before us would not recognize yeah. it and i know that i've asked you this before but i was i made reference to you probably like i don't know a few days ago and uh I said, you know, oh, I was talking to Luis, and uh, I said, yeah, you know, Dwayne was a cowboy. Like, I mean, worked on a, like, with cattle, rode horses, all that stuff. And he was like, really? And I was like, yeah. And I guess he was just sort of surprised because you're not, you don't wear, like, a big rodeo buckle and have, like, a skull (laughs) ring in the back of all your jeans. and You know, the stereotypical sort of, like, driving a flatbed dually, uh, cowboy hat, you know. There's not a healer puppy on a string that follows me around. All that stuff. So um, I was like, yeah. And I was like, I bet he speaks a lot more Spanish than what you think he does, too. And he was like, really? And I was like, yeah, I bet. So I can understand quite a bit. I figured, yeah. Um, But, yeah, I think he just didn't, it didn't register, you know didn't realize it but when when you guys were growing up how many head of cattle did you um manage or run or what's there, the proper term for that I, I think you can use whatever you want yeah um if i was to to say i'd probably say yeah we we ran 800 head of of mama cows yeah so over 70 square miles that's how big the ranch was <laughs> 70 square miles. Yeah. It's not a bad backyard. No, it's not. You can get lost in that. Well, it's pretty flat. <laughs> <laughs> Wherever you're at, you're like, oh, yeah, there's a house. <laughs> that, that night watcher over there is, yeah. 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 But, no, it was it was flat, but there were, there's mountains yeah. around it. So you, if you lost your bearings, it was either the middle of the night or it was really foggy. Yeah. Like, there otherwise... There's no way you could not know what direction right north, south, east, and west is. Yeah, wow. That was not the case. My backyard was a um, a state park. Yeah, uh, I don't know how many square miles it was. It was not seventy square miles. No. It was maybe I don't know one square mile or three square miles. I mean, it it encompassed like I don't know. I should ask my dad. Yeah. Um, I know he would know for a fact, but. 
Um, but my backyard was Pinnacle Mountain. So yeah. right out of the back of my house, it immediately started going up. Yeah. And there were a lot of places that you could get lost because it was so dense. You couldn't yeah. really see the sky and you could get turned around and yeah. people got lost on the mountain all the time. Um, it, it still amazes me that it didn't occur to a lot of them to just climb to the top <laughs> because, <laughs> then, because then you can figure out yeah. what direction's what and then up find the trail. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's pretty consistent. Um, but yeah, people would get off the trail and try and kind of circumnavigate the, the mountain and mm -hmm. twist an ankle or something. So, yeah. yeah. Um, 70 square miles. Yeah. And did you guys primarily, when you're getting around, were you using trucks, horses? Um, uh, trucks, trucks. Trucks mainly. Yeah. Yeah. If we were, we would have to go and uh, we call it running waters. But we would just, you'd drive, pipelines usually ran either in the middle of the road or right off the road. So you would drive and you'd look for leaks, mm -hmm. um, rocky, real rocky soil in places, mm -hmm. and uh, leaks would spring up all the time. Mm -hmm. So you'd have to fix those because water is like, more precious than gold, gold. Yeah. you know. So we would have to do that um, a couple times a week. Or if we were, we'd feed or put out... Um, some sort of supplement mm -hmm. uh, for the cows. So you'd have to have to do that uh, in a vehicle. The only time we were on horses um, was when we were doing something, moving cows or gathering cows or branding or yeah. shipping or, you know, all of the, the cowboy yeah. things that you see on TV. Those were usually the only times we were on horseback. Um, well, I say that. I was horseback a decent amount. Mm-hmm. I, all my friends from, from town will be like, Hey, you want to ride horses? And I'm like, uh, <laughs> sounds like work. Right. Uh, but yeah, we would, we'd get horses and, and we would go ride a lot. Yeah. Um, or if I had a colt that I was training or breaking or, you know, a horse I was working with or something, I would ride quite a bit. Um, uh, but most of the time it was a vehicle. When I was a little kid, I'd walk, mm -hmm. I walked everywhere. I bet I've walked at least a thousand miles with yeah. a twenty-two in my hand and three dogs and a cat following me somewhere. Yeah. You know, I've I had been miles and miles all over that place. Wow. So on, I've sat upon two or three horses. Yeah, I'm not gonna say <laughs> that I've ridden horses. Yeah, those horses were walking. Yeah. While I was sitting, I wouldn't say I had command of that horse or, you know, anything uh, <laughs> leading up to riding a horse. Yeah. But I have always wondered this. Whenever you, how, the, the psychology of a horse and a horse's personality, are they, if you had to compare them to an animal, what do you, what would you compare them? Are they like a dog, like in their personalities and their temperament, or are they? They they can have all kinds of personalities. Yeah, they uh, some of them are are playful, uh, some of them are lazy, some of them are spiteful. Mm. Um, some of them you have to keep your eye on all the time, or they'll bite you or step on you or. Uh, 
kick you or buck you out. I, some of them are just mean. Yeah, they can be mean. Really? Yeah. They're like people. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. But in writing, in, I've wondered this. I've heard about equine therapy. Mm-hmm. And part of the idea behind equine therapy is horses sort of give back whatever you're putting off. They and certainly so do. That helps people understand what they're putting out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's sort of like this big thousand pound mirror yeah. that shows you like how you're interacting with the world. And of the people I know, there's there's a handful of people um, that seem to read individuals pretty well and get a feel for like who they are, what they're about, and how mm-hmm. they work. And you're one of those people. Like you, it seems like you're always sort of reading people. And do you think that that has does that have any sort of root or grounding in the fact that you work so much with animals and horses? Or do you think that was going to be your default anyway? And you just sort of honed some of those skills in, you know how some people, they just don't seem to pay much attention to anyone around them. Yeah. And then other people, um, my, and I put myself in this are amateur psychologists where I'm always trying to figure out what's going on with that person. How yeah. are they going to react? Yeah. I don't know. That's that's a good question. Cause I I can remember times growing up where I would get frustrated on a horse and it seemed like I kind of lost control of, of situations. Mm-hmm. Like when I was trying to learn to rope off a horse, I had a, I had a lot of problems because you have to steer the horse plus, you know, go and stop plus manage your reins and so a lot of there there's two separate types of of reins one is a a continuous loop Mm -hmm. that goes from the bit that's in the mouth Mm -hmm. it's one one piece of leather goes all the way through and there's another type that's called split reins where there's one long rein on each side and they hang down on the side about six not six foot about three or four foot below your hand where you're holding them so I learned to run rope using split reins. So you're holding two reins plus a coil of rope in that hand and steering and stopping and going. So it's like a, almost like a joystick with buttons. On right. it. You know, it, there's yeah. a lot to do with that hand. Sure. In the other hand, you've got to build a loop and you got to swing it and you got to aim where you throw and you got to take up your slack when you need to and, you know, you have to dally without losing fingers or thumbs. What What is dally? Uh, wrapping it around the saddle horn. Oh, okay. Yeah, to, you, to use it like as a brake. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, as a, as a hard stop. Yeah. So you got that going on. Plus, if you have to throw far, your other hand has to hold the reins, hold the coils, steer, plus feed out feed the coils. Yeah. Not all of them to where you yeah. drop everything. <laughs> God defeats enough. a purpose. Yeah. yeah. So as a... As a six or seven year old kid trying to do all these things. Like I can't even pat my head and rub my belly at this point, you know, uh-huh. and I'm trying to do all that. So I got, I got frustrated more often than not doing that. And my horse always seemed to get jittery and kind of, kind of jumpy. Yeah. Yeah. There's, 
I got, I got a lot to say about this. There's a I I'm all in because I find it fascinating, yeah. and that's like you want to talk about like an art or a skill that's like hundreds of from hundreds of years ago. Yeah, but you learned how to do it, so that's yeah, that's interesting to me. You know, yeah. Um, the show Yellowstone. Yeah, have you watched any of that? Yeah. You have any more stupid questions? <laughs> yeah, no, I so I, I do. Yeah. There, there's a part in there where um, where his daughter is on a horse out in the arena or something, and the horse is acting up, and she's getting frustrated, and she may even be crying, and she gets off, and she's like, "I quit. You know, I'm never doing it again." And uh, one of the ranch hands comes up, and he turns her around to where he's behind her, and he grabs her kind of on the rib cage, mm-hmm. and he said, "Can you feel that?" She said, "Yeah," and then he just grabbed her and said can you feel that and she's like yeah yeah she tensed up and she goes if you can feel that what do you think that horse is feeling coming out of you right being a wreck up there on top of him like he can feel a fly land on the hair on his back yeah so if you're up there just emotions running amok like he's feeding on that right from you right so of course he's going to act up and of course he's going to be jumpy and jittery and yeah. all over the place and throwing his head. And I, of course. Yeah. Cause he is feeding off of you like that. So <clears throat> that's part of it. The equine therapy, I think is something else. Um, that those horses are, are, are special. Mm-hmm. Like they don't, lose their cool because someone is, is flipping out on them. Like they're, they're almost like a service dog. Kind of. Yeah. 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 They're, they're calm in the moment. Yeah. Cause they know their purpose is to, is to be there and not flip out. And so, so horses can be quite like cerebral then. I mean, they can, they can, you know what I mean? Like they can. Yeah. yeah. So I, I had a, well, it's the horse that me and my brother both grew up on. Um, it was a, a buckskin horse and what is a buckskin horse? Um, it's like a, uh, like a yellowish. Okay. So you're talking about color. color. It's yeah. not a breed or something. No, I, I could fill a book with all the things I do not know <laughs> about horses. And this is what's fascinating to me is you're, we've been friends for like almost 10 years. Yeah. And we've, I've never really just like. Be like, tell me everything. Oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? and, and so it's it's fascinating that there's this whole thing that you have all this knowledge in, and uh, I've never just like asked you about it. Oh. So like, yeah, I'm, I don't. Yeah, I don't. It, it doesn't come up often, right? Anywhere, right? But, um, anyway, so we had this horse, uh, and my dad even rode him quite a bit, but super calm, like didn't get in a hurry to go anywhere that's why he's mm-hmm. a good kid horse yeah um i've fallen off of him um i've roped stuff and got the rope under his leg like you know stuff wrapped around yeah. him and he just stays pretty calm in all of it so great great kids horse and when, when you're a kid and you're only four foot tall yeah your stirrups are also at the top of the horse so trying to get on, you're like, you know, you can grab stuff and just kind of use your upper body strength to right. just kind of pull and your 
putting your knee in his gut and like crawling up his ribs and pawing and he's like, just tolerating. Yeah. And yeah. you, you know, you grab his mane and you're just pulling on anything that you can get your hands on to get. And he would just stand there and let you do all that. Like yeah. if you did that to a, to a hundred thousand dollar rope horse, you know, that's in the, you know, at the NFR in, right. in Vegas, like they would flip out and stomp you because that that's not, different temperament it is yeah it is they're you know they're bred for other things yeah not bred as a kid horse so yeah understandable but back to the uh equine therapy so that those horses are are always calm collected like if a kid's freaking out or a person's freaking out on top of them they just they know just to to, to stay cool right and not not freak out not run off not buck them off or bite them or whatever yeah. they're gonna do and the neat part about equine therapy is my dad uh did an internship uh with equine therapy really and he looked into starting his own um part of it when yeah. he was uh the occupational therapist yeah but the I don't know, funding and grant writing and all, like all the stuff, yeah. regulations and stuff to take to do it is crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Liability and insurances and all that. So oh, I can only imagine. Wild. Yeah. But uh, he said these kids would show up that had, I don't know the diseases, what where your muscles kind of draw, draw you up. It could where be. Where you're real tight. Uh, it could be muscular dystrophy, something maybe? like that. Yeah, maybe or uh, so. There's that, and then there's um, my mind's drawing a blank. The kids that don't don't interact have trouble making eye contact and autism, like aut- autistic yeah. kids. They would show up, and they would, you know, it would sometimes take a lot to get them mm-hmm. on because it's new. Yeah, you know, and it's they're huge. Compared yeah. to, to the family dog and, right. you know, anything they've ever seen. So they're afraid of it. Yeah. But it, everyone's real, real patient with them and they can usually get them on there. Yeah. And uh, and then they'll there's a handler that is leading the, the horse usually. Right. And they'll just, they'll walk them around and, um, and just let that horse move under them. And when you're riding a horse, your body has to remain somewhat fluid. Mm-hmm. So the bottom, your the bottom part of your body is just you know it's it has to be fluid under that horse where the top of your your yeah. head and shoulders kind of stay stationary, right, and in line. And if you try and be stiff, it'll it'll beat you up and it'll, yeah, it hurts. So these kids are up there and, and they're and they're stiff or they're scared, but feeling that horse move it it somehow just relaxes them they can get into a rhythm and they can feel that horse moving and and walking and they can get in the in the stride with them and by the end of it they're they're usually like a lot looser and that's uh, interesting the autistic kids are are more more verbal really and they'll uh they're better at making eye contact and they're better with interactions and it, that's it's crazy. amazing stuff yeah yeah it's it, well it in i guess humans have been interacting with horses for a long time thousands and thousands of years yeah you know um 
So you wonder about that. You know, you and I have talked about how um, there's something uh, kind of amazing about uh, a fire whenever you get people around a fire. Yeah. Uh, it's almost like everybody starts running a different code, a different source code. Yeah. About, like, um, there's just something built into people. It mm-hmm. seems like mm-hmm. where, uh, or, you know, you and I, we both, uh, really like archery mm-hmm. and there's something, uh, it's like a tuning fork inside your yeah. brain. Whenever you see that arrow go and it goes exactly where you wanted it to. And you know, the release was perfect and everything. And you're just like, that yeah. is like a small drug. You yeah. Know? And so you wonder about things like a horse. Like if there's something deep in our brains that, uh, you know, when you feel the motion of that. Or, you know, maybe it's even something simpler of everybody remembers or has some form of memory of whenever they were a child and they were being carried mm-hmm. by a parent. And yeah. you get that sort of sway and that feeling of yeah. a bigger a bigger entity is in charge. Yeah. And you sort of just like relax and be like, okay, this this is happening. I'm just gonna let this happen. Yeah. That and, could be I never put that that connection together, but that could very well be. Uh, yeah, you know, just basically being held by this bigger, stronger, more powerful thing. Yeah. And you just have to go with it. Yeah, you know. Wow. Yeah, I, sorry, I derailed you. No, not at all. Not at all. I, uh, I think animals in in general offer some some relief. Like, uh, <coughs> like uh, service dogs. Yeah, you, you know they offer some sort of comfort, mm-hmm. um, and. It, it's been shown that uh, your body has a, like a magnetic charge to it. And another living thing, whether it's a person or, or an animal, also has some sort of electric charge to them. So when, when you touch them, when you pet a dog uh-huh. or something like that, like it has a calming effect. Yeah. Um, and you can see kids do that with, even with blankets, like something soft yeah. um, gives them comfort. But a, But an animal, I think that that electric charge or that magnetic charge has something to do um, with calming them. Yeah. And uh, I know that dogs help with uh, anxiety and depression and and things Mm -hmm. like that. Just having them around where you're not alone. Yeah. Or uh, just, you know, having them by your side and uh, you know, that's a, that's a comfort thing. So uh, going back to your, that, that swaying motion of, of a mother and a child, like, that could be, that could be kind of the same thing. That, yeah. That there's there's some sort of electric charge, and then there's the the actual fluid motion of, of moving with that animal, and like all that could work together just to to take you somewhere. Yeah. Uh, way deep in your head. Yeah. Well, that that's the thing is there's so much going on, you know, for for a very long time. I believe that that what made me was this prefrontal cortex of my brain where a lot of my thoughts happen. Mm-hmm. And of course that is a lot of your personality and things like that, but there's so much 
that's going on like it's your brain stem and farther deeper in your brain and I'm no neuroscientist but I've I've learned enough and read enough um to understand that uh there's so many things going on that you don't really have a grasp of yeah but those also make you and whenever you get certain triggers it helps sort of steer you into a certain behavior and yeah. this is all going on outside uh, or, or underneath all of your thoughts and yeah, what you think is you being in control in the unconscious part of your yeah your being yeah yeah, and so that's pretty fascinating. And and I feel like I derailed you, so I apologize. But you were talking about whenever you would work with a horse, and you were what did you say dally? where you actually wrap it around the, the saddle, the saddle horn, horn. <laughs> which I saw a YouTube video of uh, a gentleman. Wh- what do they call the cowboys, like from Mexico? Uh, vaqueros? Vaquero, yeah. And he was at some, like, rodeo competition, yeah. and he had roped something. And the camera was just on him. I don't even know what he roped. But he wrapped it around that saddle horn, and he pulled, and... It was feeding out so much rope, you saw smoke yeah. come out of that saddle yeah. horn. And I was like, I, it kind of blew my mind because I was like, what has he got a hold of? A horse, probably. That really, yeah. that's pulling I that hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was impressive. And also, I remember thinking, you could lose a finger yeah. with, with how I'll, fast all that got taunt. And then a lot yeah, of people through, do. Really? Yeah. So you were learning to do that. Not on horses, but on cows. Do cows not pull the same way as a horse does? Or? No, I I learned on calves. Oh, calves. So, okay. yeah. you know, um, 100 pounds, 150 pounds. Yeah. So they'll smash your finger. Yeah. Or, you know, they'll take the, the skin off of yeah. it. But they normally won't, you won't lose it. They don't have quite enough, like, kinetic energy to. Yeah. 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 So I learned to rope in a, in a branding pin. Uh-huh. So you strip all the calves off the cows and yeah. you put them in, in one corral. And then you have your your fire at one, at one end with the branding irons. And, right. you know, you have the guy that'll earmark, a guy that'll brand, a guy that'll um, castrate. Someone's given um, inoculations. Um, there's all, all sorts of stuff going on at, at one end and uh-huh. all the calves stay at the other. And so there's... Depending on how big the group is, you'll have one or two guys. Um, they'll rope and drag calves to the fire. Yeah, and there's two people there that'll flank them and hold them down, and then the roper goes back and gets another one, and it just it's like an assembly feeds line. them. You're just yeah. feeding it right down the line. Yeah. So I learned to rope in that setting. Yeah. So it, nothing is very fast. The calves are just kind of mulling around. Yeah. And you can walk your horse through them until you get one in the right position and then you you stick your rope you know throw it under their their belly kind of the back feet will walk into your loop and you take up your slack dally and you turn your horse away and that those together will Uh take up that slack so you should have be dallied and your hands should be out of your way by the time it gets taut yeah and then you can turn and drag them but yeah my dad always told me when you're dallying make sure your thumbs up like keep your thumb really because if you dally below Ooh, yeah and there's a, a loose coil yeah. or something and you get your thumb in there that's where you get into trouble 
Wow. So yeah, thumbs up. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, and I remember we were talking about uh, roping, and I was, uh, I said, so if I took off running, could you actually rope my feet? And you slowly nodded yes, and you were like, <laughs> but that's a bad idea. Because I'm sure I'm not the first person that's asked you to do that. And did you oblige someone, and they uh, fell uh, face forward? Many times. <laughs> yeah. I want to apologize to my brother for those many times, but yeah, yeah. I, it was just, it's something we all did. Yeah. Uh, you know, you practice on everything. You rope the dog. Yeah. You rope mom, you rope your brother. Yeah. If you thought you were fast enough to get away, you could rope dad. <laughs> you just, I, I would, I'd throw my rope at a bucket in the yard. I'd yeah. throw it at a tree. I'd throw it at a rock. I'd throw it at just, anything that's so fascinating to me because that's a skill set that's just like i i never developed it and so yeah so when did you start roping and learning how to do that i, I earlier you said six or seven you were yeah. on a horse yeah doing it yeah so, i learned to rope on the ground first yeah and then tried to put all that into play on a horse and that's that's where it got difficult yeah but yeah we had we welded up a, a steel like rotating roping dummy yeah. that was in, in our front yard. Yeah. And we would sit out there for hours um, and, and practice. So yeah, that dummy had, you know, a piece of like six inch casing for the head. Yeah. And then some like inch and a quarter pipe that were bent, kind of like yeah. horns on a steer. Yeah. And then it had a long back on it with a pivot in the middle with a pole coming out of the ground. Uh-huh. And then the back had two two pipes that were probably, I don't know, a foot apart. Yeah. That came straight down and then they kind of kicked like a cow's yeah. leg would. The and they legs. would swing. Really? Yeah. yeah. So, and we got our, uh, um, it's called the saddle tree. It's kind of a, a stand that you put your saddle on. Yeah. And uh, dad would put that out there and I'd sit on that. And he would uh, rope the head and yeah. he would turn turn that steer. And as those legs swung around, I'd have to, to catch them and dally before either yeah. they fell out of the loop or it went too far where I lost my rope. Hours, hours, days. Yeah. We spent out there. Wow. Yeah. Did you get frustrated? I mean, what was it like? Did it seem insurmountable when you were learning how to do that? No. Because you had seen other people do it and you were like, well. Yeah. It, yeah. it, it all made sense of yeah. why we were learning and, and what we were doing. Yeah. Because even gathering cows into the corrals to to do whatever, too, we'd always have a calf that would get through a fence in another pasture. We'd have to go rope it and uh and bring it back or you know a cow would get away and she wouldn't turn so you know you'd rope her yeah get her back under control and then lead her back back in and i've i've roped calves and pulled them up in the saddle with me yeah like that are too young to make the couple of mile Mm -hmm. drive back to the to the corrals i have pictures of me as a kid just doing all kinds of stuff yeah cowboy stuff yeah yeah that's uh that's fascinating and i think one of the the 
the things that's so intriguing to me is that a rope is so simple. But it's such it a is. essential tool for what you're doing. Yeah. And it's not just a normal rope. I mean, it like has stiffness to it. Like it I'm where do you even start when you're making your it, it's a lasso, right? I mean, is that the name of it or is it called I, I don't like that word. Oh really? No. Okay. I think it Educate sounds, me. It, to me, Emily gives me a hard time about this all the time that she wants to learn to lasso or, mm-hmm. and I'm like, no, it, if you want to learn to rope, I'll teach you to rope. Mm-hmm. But if you want to lasso or, or mm-hmm. Larry at something, I, I'm not your guy. <laughs> right. But, uh, yeah. So, so are, are there like, uh, places you go to get your rope that, that are like, you know, well known as they, they make a good rope or. Yeah. I mean? I'm, I'm not, I, I don't follow it enough to know all the brands yeah. now. Um, there's uh, cactus ropes and king ropes, and those are the brands mm-hmm. of them. And, and there's, they get so specific right now. Um, but they come in uh, like 25, 30, 35 foot you know, or longer, um, depending on what you, what you wanted. Yeah. And then there's, you know, different, like soft and you know medium soft and medium and medium hard and hard like depending on what you what what you want to use them for what would you need different like uh so it's as someone that doesn't know anything about it like what um have you ever watched team ropers yeah where the the, the guy goes and heads yep. turns the steer and the guy comes in behind and mm-hmm. and picks up the heels so the the header is probably using a softer rope than the healer. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad called it a, a wash rag. He wanted a head rope that was a wash rag, just super soft that would he could throw and it would just lay right over. Mm-hmm. It would catch that uh, that right horn and it would just just flow around and then catch that other one and then he could take up the slack and and he'd have it. Where if you had a stiff rope, you'll bounce it off more often than not because right. it, it it doesn't have any any give to it. Yeah. It's not absorbing that energy. It's just like returning it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Where a healer uses a, I used a a medium when I would heal, but I wanted it when I threw my loop. Well, let me, let me back up a little bit. When you throw a, a loop as a header, you want it to, to wash across the the top of the head. So you're throwing it flat. Mm -hmm. You're even swinging it flat. If you watch the header swing, it's coming it's coming flat above his head, like a helicopter almost. Because when he throws, he wants it to, to just float right over that head and lay flat and catch it. But the healer, when he's swinging, it's coming down over his opposite shoulder, over his left shoulder, and up almost at a 45-degree angle above him. Yeah. Because when he throws down, he wants the angle to hit that hip and just kind of roll right under to catch those legs, and you want a little stiffer ropes because it'll it'll kind of stand up right under there, so he can step through it. Because when he steps through, it still stood up to mm-hmm. where it's high on his legs. So when you take up the slack, it just kind of collapses and it, and it folds up around his feet. So it's an art, very much. Yeah. Wow. 
I didn't even realize that there's two different. I didn't know there was even two different types of rope, but what you're telling me is it's a spectrum. It's everything from what your dad would call a wash rag all the way to something that's really, really stiff. Yeah. And I guess, do they treat those ropes or soak them in something? Or are they made out of a different material? How do you get those like different variations? I'm not sure what they do if they twist them tighter. Because mm-hmm. they're usually um, like a three-strand twist, um, from what I remember. And then uh, they're covered in a wax. Really? Um, so it, it may be something in the in the treatment that they mm-hmm. do, maybe how tight they they twist them. I'm not sure. Yeah. I know whenever we got one, we would um, tie it to a tree and tie it to the bumper of the truck, and we'd stretch them. Really? Every time. Yeah. Hard, hard rope, soft rope, didn't matter what it was, we'd stretch it. Um. Because all of them are stiff in the beginning, right? So you want to kind of break, break that wax coating and break mm-hmm. the, you know, get the strands stretched out to where there's movement in yeah. that rope, and it's not just a, a stiff hard uh, contraption that you're trying to manipulate. Do they break down over time? Do they become softer? They do. Yeah. Yeah. And they they behave weird. I've had some that it's almost like they broke in the middle, like they'll get a, a mm-hmm. soft like a joint in mm-hmm. them almost, and you you can't use them after that because they don't behave the same. So it's it's a consumable. It's not like you Very start with much. one root one rope and you're like I've been using this for twenty years. It's no. like I need a new rope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll wear out. That's fascinating. So. The, the actual sliding loop that goes along that. I saw one mm-hmm. once that had like leather sewn yeah. uh, around that loop. Are there different ways that those loops are tied or are it, they pretty standard? Like, it's a, you know? a pretty standard knot from what I understand. Mm-hmm. And whoever's listening, please understand I'm, I'm no expert. I'm just a, a ranch kid that made some observations. And I know absolutely nothing. I've probably called everything the wrong name, but I, I'm just yeah. fascinated by it because it's so weird to learn something about a person that you've been around for so long and then realize that they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I did that all the time. And I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> but I realize how often does this come up in our normal conversations about metalwork or woodwork? You know, it's just like it it's, it's compartmentalized, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah, that, that part of the rope is called a hondo. And uh, it does have a little piece of leather around the the very end of it because that's where the highest amount of friction is. Mm-hmm. So your rope would cut itself in half if right. it didn't have that piece of rawhide mm-hmm. um, on there to kind of break the friction up mm-hmm. and uh, to give it a wear point. What kind of rope, what length did you usually use? I usually carried a, a 30. Is that pretty standard or is that? I, yeah, I think, yeah. It, if you look at everyone else, you know, carrying a rope on their saddle, they looked like they all had pretty close to the same amount of coils. Yeah. So 30 or 35. Yeah. Um, some guys, uh, they can throw way out there with pretty decent precision. So they'd usually carry a longer rope where I just 25, I usually ran out of rope before I wanted to run out. Mm-hmm. So 30, 30 worked well. Still being able to manage it in my hand 
with my reins. And that was pretty much my, as far as I could reach out there. Yeah. And not just be wasting my time. And was there like a, like kind of an unwritten, uh, like, wow, man, did you see that guy's rope? Like, you know what I mean? Like, if, you know what I mean? Like, was it was it a point of pride of like, well, I use a 40-foot rope, you know, or? Not, not really. It was just everybody just doing their thing. Everybody. It was like personal. As so. long as you were good with the equipment you showed up with. Yeah. Like, that's what matters. That's all that counted. Yeah. yeah. I've seen some come out of Mexico that were braided leather. Really? Yeah. They're real thin. They're braided leather. Mm-hmm. And. Guys were good with them. If they knew what they were doing, yeah. nobody cared. Uh-uh. Yeah. Well, that's a, you know, you you work with a lot of different people uh, in my line of work. Yeah. And you would see some of the equipment that they would use, and um, I never really cared what they used as long as the end product was yeah was good. And sometimes you'd see a guy that was using top-of-the-line everything, and... Um, you know, it was it was still good, and so you're yeah. just like, well, hey, you know, and then you'd see a guy using something that was like, man, I would I would have thrown that away a long time ago. Yeah, but the work was good, everything was, and I was like, well, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Yeah, just let him do his thing. Exactly. You know? So it's a um, it's a meritocracy. It's mm-hmm. a results driven uh, process. Absolutely. As long as a guy knows what he's doing, you just yeah. Yeah. Wow, I was I was talking to my dad and my brother when I was back home, and uh, the owner got into politics. Um, he was uh, was he a probate judge for a while, and I think he was maybe county commissioner for a while. And he just he likes people, and he likes doing all that. So he would do all that, and we ran the ranch. Dad ran the ranch. Um. But when we would work cows, he would invite these people to come help. Oh, that that weren't really helping. They were sort yeah. of sandbagging everybody. Yeah. But you had to tolerate it because this was like a thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it was it was How always fun. fun to see that the people that would that would come out and uh, every <laughs> once in a while you'd be surprised that somebody could actually be a hand knew what they were doing and could help out that term. And I've heard that. Um, in uh, Yellowstone, there there was a cowboy that said, "Well, that's a hand." Yeah, which is a like a phrase of somebody that knows what they're doing. If somebody's yeah. a hand, yeah, then they're they're okay. They're okay. Yeah, but everybody else is. Is there a term for someone that doesn't know what they're doing? And it's oh, just there's a lot of terms many. that we can't say. We yeah. probably shouldn't say. <laughs> But, yeah. but but if someone's a hand, then that is a stamp of approval. Yeah. Of yeah. yeah. They're they're qualified or yeah. At least smart enough to to be useful right. in the situation. Right. Yeah. We were talking about this one fella in particular and he, he brought his own horse and uh I I, I think the horse almost died twice. <laughs> and was he dressed like the Lone Ranger? Like was every a lot of tassels, a lot of white. I <laughs> I don't remember, but mm. I it, it knowing the guy, it's not far off from being mm. possible. Mm. Um, but you know, he had his uh, 
and this this doesn't make a lot of sense um, saying it, but he had his pants tucked in his boots. Mm-hmm. But I think because they were um, like a tapered leg jean, so he couldn't put them over the outside. Right. But a lot of the the guys that we cowboyed with were they wore real tall boots and they would tuck their jeans into their into their boots anyway, and that was fine. But seeing this fella do it just wasn't mm. wasn't the same. It was a dog whistle. Kinda, yeah, yeah. Where you were like, mm, mm, yeah, yeah, and uh, cheap leather, like a saddle will creak w- when it moves. Yeah, but cheap leather has a different tone to it. And uh, really, yeah, and you would you would know where he was because you could hear the <laughs> the odd creak. And he, I don't know, is in the way more than than he wasn't. Right. And uh, I don't, I don't know. It's just funny, the people that would would show up. And I, being a young kid, and being like, cringe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so funny. I've heard, um, I've heard military guys talk about how um, they would get somebody that was like from an agency, mm-hmm. uh, FBI, CIA, DIA, or whatever, and they yeah. would show up over um in afghanistan something like that and um they were usually their clothes were um sort of impeccable and like had just had the price tag ripped off of them yeah but the kiss of death was whenever they would have like uh a 1911 that was spotless (laughs) absolutely like still shiny still oiled yeah still every no wear marks on it or anything yeah they would just roll their eyes like oh one of these, but you would you would get some guys that were from agencies that their clothes had were tattered a little bit, mm-hmm. and if they had a nineteen eleven that had wear on it, they were like, he might be okay, right? But the dog whistle for them was somebody that had a brand new nineteen eleven <laughs> with like no, not even any sort of wear mark on it. Yeah. They were just like, oh boy, another one of these. We got to babysit them. Yeah. So, but in everything, there are these dog whistles mm-hmm. that are apparent to people that are in the know. Right. And you just, you see them coming. And so yeah. for this guy, interestingly, his boots weren't tall enough for him to tuck his his uh, jeans in, but he was. And his saddle made a sound that wasn't quite right. Yeah. And that would be completely lost on me. I'd be like, uh, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> he, he looks legit. He look Dwayne. He looks like the Lone Ranger. The mask is a little off putting, but let's just let the guy do it. Yeah. And you would be like, something's not quite right. Yeah. He. I can say this on here because he. It, there's no way it will ever. No. I don't even think the gentleman's still alive. You're not using any names. But he. Well, I'm going to give his position. Oh. But he was a county sheriff. And oh. you would expect the sheriff to be like the Lone Ranger. Like, yeah. like you you could save a damsel in distress. Sure. Not be the damsel in distress, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but he was, he was more of the latter rather than the yeah. former. I mean, he was, he was a great sheriff and yeah. a super good friend of the family. Squeaky saddle, though. But a cowman he was not. <laughs> but he was he out there... Sort of like 
trying to prove his chops. No. He was, he just, was out just out there like out just there for to, fun. Yeah, to, yeah. To, to join in and to be one of the guys. And So he wasn't arrogant about it. He was oh, just like a not. He was just no. like a fish out of water. Yeah. And probably didn't realize how much he stood out. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, okay. I got this old mare that I keep in the crowd, you know, just a just a hay burner more than anything. <laughs> a hay burner? <laughs> what, is that a term for a horse that's sort of useless? Yeah, just is eats it? hay. That's all they do. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. I got to make a list of all these. Uh, and so, so the cowboys know that I'm like, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but you, you know the saddle. It's like every there's a front cinch and a back cinch on the saddle. Everyone's on the last hole because this horse is so fat. Like you can't encapsulate this thing in a saddle. So you're actually judging his horse too. You're just like, yeah. I mean, not that it's bad, but it's it's this is cognitive complexity, right? It is when you know something about a subject. There's all these little details that mean something to you, but to me, I'm like, I don't know, it looks pretty healthy. Now, you could tell when, like, a a saddle will, will fit a horse, mm-hmm. and some saddles won't. Mm-hmm. So you have to find a saddle that will fit your horse, otherwise you'll get sores and mm-hmm. rub them, and it, it's not good for any of you. It's not fair for the horse, not fair for you. No, no. So if, like... If they don't fit, it's like a, a square peg in a round hole kind right. of thing. Um, and it just doesn't look right. Right. Like you can see, you, you just look at it and you're like, ah, something something doesn't belong. Be completely lost on me. Yeah. I don't know. I bet you would pick up on it. I bet you'd be like, I have no idea what it is, but something about that seems off. When you look at these other 30 examples here, Yeah, this stands out. Why is that horse's eyes bulging? (laughs) Why is one of that horse's eyes looking at his other eye? (laughs) When they're on opposite sides of his head. Yeah, that's... uh, I might pick up on that. I don't know. We'll see. Um, So, yeah. that's See, these sorts of things are fascinating to me. Yeah. But, But basically, he showed up with a horse that was a hay burner... Wait, yeah. and a trail horse at best. So there's okay. So a trail horse is that's where different than a working horse. Or like, what would you define your horse as? So when we had when we had working horses on the ranch, when they got too old to work cows, we sold them to um, an outfitter that would use them on trail rides. Because trail rides, all they have to do is follow the horse in front of them, right? And they have to just there's no running there's no getting crazy worst thing that can happen to you is you get an overweight person that wants to go on a trail ride like that's the worst thing is it like a retirement home kind of yeah yeah Yeah, it's just easy going you still get to go outside you still get exercise you get food you get taken care of like you're out of the storm if it's storming you're not going to go out so yeah it's it's, not a bad life it's the easy life but but this is not like where the Tier one apex specimens Absolutely reside. Absolutely not. No. Right. No. Okay. So he was a trail horse at best. Yeah. So this horse probably should be retired and just like following the horse in front of it. Probably. But he brought it out with like special forces <laughs> <laughs> horses and was sort of 
trotting around with a saddle that didn't fit right. And yeah. yeah. And I, I don't know if it's happened or not, but I, I, in my head movies that we went out and we gathered and he was the, the horse was kind of high strung cause the horse didn't know what was going on either. Right. The horse had, didn't have any cow sense. So he didn't know what was going on with cows anyway. But all of a sudden there's, you know, 150 cows. So the horse is kind of on edge because he doesn't know what these things are. So he's, you know, just like on his toes, kind of just jumping around and nervous. Yeah. Cause he doesn't know what's going on. And then, you know, we're going many miles and at a decent pace. So we get back to the, to the corrals and he goes and gives his horse a drink and the horse almost drinks himself to death because he's, <laughs> Out of Worn shape. out, yeah. 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 He almost, you know, makes himself sick. Yeah. You know, just, you, you got to pull him off sometimes. You're like, it, yeah, it's not smart. Yeah. You know, if there's frothy sweat coming out of you, you shouldn't just drink 40 gallons of water. Right. That's fascinating. So, cow sense. So, back to the personality thing. There, yeah. there are horses that are definitely... Like it was out of its element. It didn't know how to uh, react with with all these cows around it. Like it yeah. threw it off. It just yeah. Like, and could you? Element. And you could also see that. Yeah, that was something apparent to you, but it was. Yeah, it was. And the the guy himself, he also didn't have a lot of cow sense. So he, you know, you can't direct it as a kid they'll put you on different horses sometimes and you'll have some that every three steps that horse is reaching down and, and picking grass to eat yeah. all day long. And it slows, slows them down and you know, it's pulling the kid almost out cause it just takes the, yeah. you know, everything leaves. And, uh, it's because the horse knows that he has no control. He doesn't know what he's doing to where if you, when you get a little older, and you know what they're doing. If you see them start to reach, you can just kind of pop the rein a little bit. And like, you, uh-uh. Yeah, and, and you grab their attention. And after a couple of minutes, they'll be like, okay, well, we're not doing that today. I guess I we're guess. working. Yeah. Yeah. And they'll they'll usually straighten up a little bit. But this horse had no, no direction because the guy was just, you know, he was in and out as well. <laughs> That's so fascinating. So horses... They'll test boundaries as well. They'll like see what they can get away with. Yeah. And then once you establish like, nope, these are the rules, then it sort of is, it's like a person. Yeah. You know, that wants to see like, Mm -hmm. will they say anything? Sure. No. Okay. Well, I guess this is a new normal. Yeah. My dad um, had this horse. uh, His name was Jojo, uh, who was extremely smart. Very smart horse. Um, came out of uh, cutting horse stock. Um, have you seen cutting horses work? Mm-hmm. I've seen them work. Don't know anything about them. Okay. I mean, obviously, they're engaged because they're trying to read what that cow is doing. Right. Right. They'll yeah. watch it real close, and they'll move their body to mm-hmm. to kind of work that, that cow. So this horse that, that Dad had, he got off of uh, – off a ranch that raised cutting horses. Um, he didn't quite make the cut to be a cutting horse, but he still had the smarts mm-hmm. to do it. Uh, maybe he didn't have the reaction time or the, 
whatever size or I, I don't know what why yeah. he didn't make the cut, but he didn't make the cut. But he was still super quick, real smart. Um, but he was kind of ornery. He liked to to buck with you first thing in the morning when you would saddle. <laughs> yeah, he didn't do it very much with dad. Um, I don't. I didn't ride him a lot, but I don't think he ever did it with me. I roped off of him some, mm-hmm. uh, but every time mom would get on him, he would buck with her. Every time. Because it's like he... I don't know if he could sense like she doesn't have the strength to, to restrain me. Right. Like, and he could just bury his head and, and go. Usually if they get if they can get their head down, then they've got a lot more um, control to kind of spring out of a... Right. Out of a, a, a jump or spring into a jump. Every time you see like a... a um, like a depiction of a bucking horse, mm-hmm. you see that he- the head's head down, down and the back yeah. is sort of arched, and so yeah. it's just like part of the geometry that they need. To yeah, do. right. Yeah, but yeah, mom didn't have the strength to, yeah. to, to keep his head up, so he would just just bow down and and just go for it. Yeah, and sometimes he could dump her off, and sometimes she'd stay with it. Just part of it, and that's a long way to fall. Depending on where you come off, yeah. Yeah. How many times have you been bucked off a horse? Uh, numerous. Uh, the only two bones I ever broke were getting bucked off a horse. Really? Mm-hmm. I had a a colt I was breaking, and the day of prom, I don't know if it was, I don't think it was senior prom, I think it was junior prom. Um, me and my dad were out there, I was working with this horse, and, uh, I, I saddled him up and I climbed on him right in front of the barn. Um, I was going to take him out and, and work with him. And he, uh, he just jerked his head down and, and went after it. And I stayed with him a little while. Um, but I ended up coming off. And when I landed on the ground, um, there was a, a rock probably about the size of a, I want to say like a walnut. Or a grape, or some, yeah. something like some small like that, but it broke um, the bone in my middle finger down in the middle of my hand. Wow! Yeah, so a lot of pressure focused. Well, all my body weight. Yeah. That's the first thing that Ooh. hit, and I I came down on it and pivoted it, on it. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it broke that finger, and it took it took over a year. For me to get strength back into that finger where I could grip with it. Really? Yeah. It couldn't, they didn't cast it. Or I don't even know if I went to the doctor for it. I just knew really? it was broken. Yeah. So I had that. And then a different time, um, my grandpa had given me a colt off the racetrack. Um, he, he bred racehorses. And there was a horse that uh, kept getting this fluid pocket on its front um, knee. Like mm-hmm. its elbow, and uh, they wouldn't race him anymore. And when I first got him, he was he was super jittery, and because of whatever stuff they put him on to try and ease the pain or to calm oh, him down, sort of steroid it could or be, something. yeah. So it, it took a while because he he only knew go. <laughs> it, that, that's all he knew. Two speeds. Yeah. He's yeah. either he's either eating or he's going. Yeah. 
So I was going to make a, a rope horse out of him. Uh, so I, I had worked with him and I'd been riding him for a while. And uh, my girlfriend at the time came down and she's like, let's go ride. And I was like, all right. So we went and found the horses and brought them in and, and saddled them up. And we got outside the, the corral. And the bit I put him in was kind of similar to the ones I used on the racetrack. I'd ridden him in a bunch of times and he was fine. But something spooked him or something happened. He just took off. And I remember I could not get him to slow down or stop. I had his head turned around almost into my lap. Like he was he was looking at me and just running. And he 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 wouldn't stop. Something wow. was going on. And yeah. uh I I tried several different things and, and I couldn't get him to stop and he he started bucking at one point. And uh, I I lost my grip and I came off over the front. Wow! And I I I broke the fall. Don't worry, <laughs> with my face, oh, man. And uh, broke my nose. Oh. And I don't remember much after that. Uh, <laughs> this is the night of prom. No, no, no. This is oh. a different. Time. Oh, sorry. I okay. broke my hand. Oh, for a day prom. of prom. Okay. Yeah, yeah. This was a different occasion. Yeah, it was probably a year later. Um, but my girlfriend said that, uh, she got off her horse, uh, and, uh, got me picked back up and we, we walked back to the house, um, with just her horse. My horse was, I don't know where he went. <laughs> Am I? Yeah. But we got, we got back to the corral and, and tied that horse up and got me back to the house and <laughs> Dad says I was laying on the couch with an ice pack on my face. And he said he walked in. He wasn't there at the time. He was off doing doing something. and But he got there not long after I got back to the house. And he said I took the ice pack off my face and kind of sat up. And I was like, Dad, I rode him for a long time. Like, I almost had him. I just, <laughs> you know, I, at the very end, I, I came off. And there's blood and grass. And just dirt and debris all over my face, and my nose is kind of <laughs> off to one side. Off to one side, and I, all I was worried about is telling Dad that that I rode him for fought the good fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, <laughs> crazy. That, it, it's fascinating to me though that like in that lifestyle, it was just that's just a thing. Well, he got thrown off a horse. Yeah. And that's something that 99.999% of the population, just that's not a thing. Yeah. You can get in a car accident. Yeah. But the idea that um, <laughs> this 1,000-pound animal decided, nope, today's the day. I hit you with the earth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And they just, yeah, they do a fine job of it, and it's just like part of the, part of the life. Yeah, yeah. When I was, I had to be four, maybe five, young, really, really young. Um, I was on that buckskin horse I was telling you about, and mm -hmm. we were we'd gathered the cows. Um, in the house, we called the house pasture. That's where we, we lived. And we had brought them back to the corrals and we were putting them through the gate to get into the corrals. 
Well, a bunch of them spilled out and got past us. And uh, I, I don't know if I wasn't paying attention or wasn't holding on right or whatever, but my horse followed a, a cow that was running by and he turned kind of quick. And I just, I just fell off the side. Well, I hit my head on a on a T-post that was laying on the ground. <laughs> and I don't think I was bleeding, but... You know, a small child falling off a full-grown horse, that's, yeah. that's a ways to fall. It's a long way. Yeah. So my dad stopped and got off. And he put me back on my horse, and we went, and we got the rest of the cows and brought them back, and we finally got them in, and then he's like, okay, now we can go to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> or the clinic. We didn't right. a hospital. We just had yeah. a, a clinic in town. So we got, you know, they yeah. started working cows, and we got in the truck, and he was like, what's the date today? What's your name and right. what's your birth? Like he'd start asking me the questions to yeah. see, and I think I had a a slight concussion, but not a not a bad one. But <laughs> I just think it's it's funny to me. You were four, I think so. I was old enough to know to hang on. Yeah, um, but yeah, uh, maybe five. What like? And this is also, this completely exposes my ignorance, right? I've been around a lot of horses. Yeah. Here's what I know. They come in different sizes. They do. What is the typical, like the back of one of the horses that you would be um, riding? Oh, gosh. What, what is that from the ground? They they measure horses different than they measure other thing and explain, hands. Can you explain to me hands because I, I don't to, understand. I would have to look it up. I know that I know that fourteen's kind of short. I know that seventeen's really tall. But uh, equating that to a a measurement, I I don't know that I could. If you stood next to your horse, if I stood next right to now. it, I could see I could see over its back, mm-hmm. but like I could probably set my chin on his back. Okay, so five, five, yeah, maybe. five, five, six, maybe. Because you're somewhere what? What are you? Six, six foot, six foot. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's a long way to fall because you've still got to sit on it. So yeah. you're going to add another two feet. Yeah, two and a half. Uh, you know, if you're four or five years old yeah so that's quite a quite a ways to fall from what i remember yeah <laughs> <laughs> and you and i have joked about this <laughs> maybe we should but everyone we know that's in construction yeah. <laughs> we've all had we all have our story of the biggest head injury that we've had yeah and we all laugh about it and then we're like hmm <laughs> you know like what what does that say? Yeah. You know. Yeah. But uh Yeah, I never had a a, a big one, but yeah. I had many yeah. small ones. Well, I say small. Small Significant. Yeah. Man. Yeah, I hit a tree with my head and had a um a bump on my forehead that was like um like the size of a lemon. Like if you cut a lemon in half, oh gosh, that's that's how big. What were you doing when you hit this tree? Uh, I was riding a bicycle down a hill at 
a speed faster than what I should have been going for for what my ability was. Yeah. And I was trying to make a right-hand turn to continue on our driveway, and somehow the handlebars got away from me and uh, uh. kind of yanked the the um, handlebars uh, in a sharper turn. And I left the driveway and hit a small, like, mulberry tree. But I went right through the handlebars and just headbutted it. Yeah. You know? How um, old were you? Uh, I would say six, five or six. Okay. And um, I just sort of laid there. I don't know if I blacked out or if I... I think I was crying because that's how my mom heard me. Yeah. Uh, and she came running out. And I... The thing that scared me was the look on her face. Yeah. And um, we were fortunate enough that right, I mean, literally uh, 100 yards away from us is where the ranger at the time lived. And he came over. I don't think my dad was there. I think he was away. Or maybe he did show up. But I just remember the ranger took a look at me. And just picked me up, and he just slid me right in the back seat of his Ranger car. Yeah. Lights, sirens. Off you went. Yep. All the way to, I don't know if we went to a hospital or if we went to a clinic. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Uh, but I remember thinking, oh, well, this is this is probably significant. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. So yeah, it was it was a it was a big bump. Um, hmm. Ever since then, I don't read good. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but, but uh, yeah, it's interesting. The, those sort of things stick with you. I don't remember a lot of details, but I just remember the, the yeah. feeling of, like, uh, this is all, all the big people in the room are acting like this is serious. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, that's, but, you know, um I didn't fall off a horse. And I... I, I, I want to say you get used to it. Yeah. But I don't know if... You learn to fall better. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Most sort of, of the time. Break your fall or, or get your hands out. and Yeah. Or uh, roll yeah. or... Yeah. Look for something not sharp and pointy. <laughs> to land on. Yeah. Yeah. That's just... I, I still... I'm fascinated by any sort of skill or trade or thing where whenever you talk to somebody who's really steeped in it, they have their own language. They have their own, like what we were talking about earlier, the dog whistles of yeah. like, you just think to a normal person, it's just lost on them. But to someone who's really in it, they're like, you hear that squeaky saddle. <laughs> <laughs> and somebody's like, you know, <laughs> and it's just like nothing else has to be said. Yeah. You, you know, yeah. It, it's just a whole vocabulary and, and thing that's going on that, that you just don't realize. And so, yeah. that. So going back to the horses, you were using working horses, right? Yeah. Is there, so is there like a trail horse, a working horse, and then what? What like a race horse is or a quarter? Oh, there's it. It depends on their. What is a quarter classified horse? by their job? So quarter horse is a, a breed. Okay. Uh, 
Yeah, that, that that's a breed. They're usually uh, they they make great ranch horses and and working horses and rope horses, things like that. The race horses are usually thoroughbreds. Okay, so they're a, a slightly different breed, and they're yeah. built to to go, kind of yeah. like Arabians. Right, Arabians are built to to go. I I heard someone say that um, I think it was a, an Arabian was like a a very high strung animal that has ankles like a wine glass <laughs> <laughs> so so apparently they're you know not yeah. only high strung but but maybe um i guess it would add to their speed but yeah their their bone structure and everything is uh more delicate than it, um, yeah i i don't because arabians didn't make good rope horses or working horses, have we, exposure. we didn't yeah. have any um the same as like a, I never saw. I know they're out there, um, but a, a paint colored horse mm-hmm. that had their the kind of blotchy yeah color. Like I never saw many good paint horses either. Just because, I don't know why. Right. Just they, they just weren't around. A, yeah. Probably for a reason. Yeah. I mean, um, as a as a sidebar. Whenever I was in Australia and working on uh, farms, sheep yeah. sheep station, um, I kind of thought I was going to go see like uh, border collies or like lassie, you yeah. know, like a collie or whatever. Yeah, and they were like, no, they use red haired kelpies uh-huh. or blue healers. Yeah, um. And I was like, well, that's not what I, you know what I mean? <laughs> that's not what American television told me. Exactly. And they were like, they would die here. Yeah. It gets to 130 degrees. Yeah. So we use a short-haired breed that's actually been crossbred with Dingo. Yeah. Because they they do better in this environment. Mm-hmm. So you just won't cheat one. Yeah. It's just not. But if you go to Scotland, you'll colder. see collies all day long yeah. long hair yeah and they they do better in that environment so mm-hmm. i wonder um i'm sure there's somebody out there that's like an expert in this that can say what it is about that are are they also called palomino the the horses that have the blotches the, that, no the palominos no. are like a lighter buckskin oh okay then i don't know what i'm talking about yeah so a, the, a yellower okay okay um what is a sorrel You're, uh, is that also not, a yellowish type horse? No, I no. don't think that has to do with the color. Oh. Yeah, well, yes, it does. I think a, a sorrel is a, a brownish. Is it? Okay. Normally. Yeah. Out of, but for some reason, we're paint. Getting, we're getting out of my. <laughs> my, my we've been over base. my head for the last hour <laughs> and a half. That's why I'm just asking questions like a four-year-old. But the, the painted horses. You just never saw them out there. Maybe for a reason, maybe not. But that well, was I. I saw a few. Yeah, but none that I was like, I don't that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They just, they just seem like like their head was in the clouds all the time. So in the breeding somewhere, there's no free lunch, right? Like when you express one gene, it yeah. usually is expressed somewhere else. Yeah, so. I don't know why. Yeah. It, it's like people making blonde jokes. Like, yeah, there's plenty of blonde women out there who are really smart, but yeah. there's a stereotype, stereotype for a reason. Yeah, yeah. So it it could just be that. 
Huh. Was there, so working horse, then there's race horses. And then there's, race there's horses. draft horses. There's the draft horses, yeah. So the horse I had for the majority of the time on the ranch had some draft horse in him. Mm-hmm. He had big, big feet with the kind of fuzzy, yeah, fuzzy feet on him. Um, he wasn't any bigger than mm-hmm. any of the other horses, um, but he was uh, that that dark brown, chocolatey color. Mm-hmm. And then he had like it looked like a Budweiser horse almost, where yeah, the white feet, um, Clydesdale type, kinda, yeah, yeah, yeah. great horse. Um, but he he bucked me off a couple times too. <laughs> uh, usually my fault. Um, I roped a calf once and it it turned and I turned the opposite way and I got the rope under his front leg mm-hmm. and he flipped out and stuck me in the dirt. It's my own fault. When I when I dallied uh, with that calf, I did it in a way I couldn't I couldn't undo it. Mm-hmm. There's uh, around the saddle horn. We would take. Uh, truck inner tubes and cut like one inch strips out of them. Mm-hmm. And then you just put them around the horn and then you flip them and put them, put them back over and just keep working that around. And that rubber around there would grip. Mm-hmm. So when you, when you dallied and it, you got pressure on that rope, it would just sink into that rubber right. and it would hold it. And it yeah. wouldn't slip. Like the guy, you said there was smoke. It was smoke coming out of he, the one. He probably there. didn't have anything on it. It's probably just straight rawhide mm-hmm. on that. So I got it up under the edge of that and mm-hmm. it kind of wedged itself in and I couldn't get my, my dally undone to let loose to relieve that, release that pressure. Right. So he didn't stop bucking until I was off. Right. Uh, and I think I had to, I had to cut my rope. Um, I, I caught him, yeah. but I couldn't get him to step back over it without just freaking out. Yeah. So I had to cut my, cut my rope that day. Wow. Um, but other than that, he was a great, had a great temperament and uh, was good with probably teenagers and up. Right. Um, not a good, not a good kid horse because he was jumpy and he would, uh, if a cow was coming, he would, he'd work it and he would move quick one way or the other to stop that cow from getting by. So if you weren't planted, you, you would come off. So is there, do you think there was some psychological stuff going on with the horses? I mean, did the horses view themselves as uh, a higher strata than the cows? You know what I mean? Like, did they kind of know their... I think they just knew when, when they were saddled and there was someone yeah. on them that they were there to work. Right. But I've seen cows and horses eat out of the same trough and drink out of the same water and it's like they're not working so it's just like yeah they're they're out of their business clothes so yeah they can they can all be friends it's like a police officer at a restaurant (laughs) with a known criminal and they're just like oh i'm off duty so yeah you know yeah even nod to each other like i'll see you out there yeah (laughs) like they don't yeah they don't pay each other any mind yeah that's fascinating do you think that working with horses prepared you differently for life so yeah i i wouldn't say just horses i'd say ranch life yeah definitely like i had work ethic by the time i was yeah 
eight, you know? Yeah. Um, it's just a different way of, of growing up, you know, it's you not like, produce. yeah, the, the chores you had weren't like, you need to take the trash out or you get grounded. It was, you need to feed your horse or he'll die. Yeah. So, you know, real consequences. Yeah. Yeah. And that's extreme. Like they wouldn't die if you didn't, but still It'd be ill tempered. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that was different. Um, I spent, and we've talked about this on a one of our earlier podcasts that I listened to today about being in the same space as, as grownups and listening to them talk and listening to them interact and how they treated each other and how they, yeah, you know, how the conversation went and how they worked with each other and, uh, and were able to, to be together and to get a big job done where everyone did their, their part. Yeah. Everyone knew their station and knew what to do. So I got to see that from birth almost right. up. So I knew how, how, uh, beneficial that could be where I, I don't know that a lot of youth now can, can experience that. Certainly not in that same context. Yeah. They might get some of it in some sort of multiplayer video game, but that's not the same. As that, that's not the same. And no, with with real consequences, someone could get hurt. Yeah, you know. Wow. Yeah, i I had no idea what I had in the way that I grew up until years after I left. Yeah, like I just it just it was just life. I didn't yeah. know any different. Yeah. I was jealous of my friends that lived in town because, you know, they could walk to the pool yeah. with their friends. And I, I couldn't do that. I had to be home, you know, because we had to get up at 3 in the morning to saddle horses and drive an hour and a half to the neighbors because we had to work cows the next day. So I couldn't have a sleepover. Yeah. You know, it, it was just different. Yeah. That's It's still fascinating to me. That that that's that was your uh, your life all the way till you were eighteen. Yeah. Did you go to rodeos or do anything like like? Was I did that a, a I did a little thing? high school rodeo yeah. that I competed in. Yeah. Um, I uh, I roped and and whatever. I didn't ride bulls or mm-hmm. any of the dumb sports. <laughs> <laughs> well, those have some real. I mean some real downsides to them. They do. They do. But the, the guys that are good, man, they are true athletes. Yeah. I think. Oh, I wouldn't take anything away from what they do. Yeah. Yeah. I just, it wasn't for me. Mm -hmm. Um, but as far as going to rodeos, yeah, we, we were at rodeos all the time. If it was Mm -hmm. 4th of July and you weren't at the rodeo, there was something majorly wrong. Everybody, everybody was at a rodeo. When we would go, to the neighbors, um, most of the guys we would go and help had a roping arena um, at their house. So we would work, you know, from before sun up, we'd work all day. And then at the end of the day, we'd finish working and uh, they'd be like, hey, do you want to you rope a little? And we'd be like, yeah. So everybody would stick around until after dark, um, team roping. And then when it got too dark to rope and we'd, uh, load up, go home. 
and see in my life, it was um, somebody had a basketball goal in their driveway. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? I mean, that was, yeah. you know, and you'd play until it was too dark. Yeah. And then everybody would go in and be like, man, we're really tough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was, it was an amazing life. Do you, do you miss it? All the time. Back to it. Mm-hmm. Really? I don't know that I would go back to it. It's a, well, it, it can be a tough life. Um, I can, I can count on one hand the number of family vacations we went on. You know, like they're yeah. 800 head of cows to, to keep an eye on. You can't just be like, y'all wait here. I'm going to be right. back in a week. Right. With a nice tan, like it, it takes a lot of a lot of effort to to go anywhere. And like we were talking about earlier, you you went back recently. Mm-hmm. Um, you're you're fighting the weather, which is something. Yeah, my grandfathers were farmers. Yeah, and to put everything you have into making something work, and then in the end, it all depends on rain. Yeah. You know, and and you can do everything right and it can still go wrong it can. because the rain didn't come when you needed it. Yeah. You know? Or yeah. a late freeze for yeah. a farmer can mm-hmm. kill everything. Yeah. And then, you know, maybe it's early enough to replant. Maybe not. Maybe you're just looking at dirt all year. Yeah. Which is also, it's a it's a life lesson as well, you know. Yeah. Of of how um, things don't break your way. Yeah. And you just have to deal with it and adapt and. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I talked to to several old friends when we were back, and um, I went to to school with their their kids. Um, some of them were younger than me. Um, but now they have families and they're ranching somewhere or, you know, doing whatever. And they're like, yeah, well, one of our daughters, like they, they had to sell all their cows this year because there's been a drought for several years and there's just, there's no grass and the market was decent. So they sold them. Market's been terrible the last couple of years. So they couldn't, mm. you know, or they'd lose a lot of money, you know, and now they're on this huge ranch with no livestock. But the bank probably still wants their money. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. That's why you had to sell in order yeah. to, to make that, that end of year payment. And hopefully next year it rains. But I was talking to, to one lady and, um, she was like, I'm tired of living for next year. Mm-hmm. It's always, well, next year will be better. Yeah. Next year we'll get rain. Mm-hmm. Next year, you know, the cows will be stronger. Next year prices will go up, and um, next year, you know, hay won't be so expensive. And she's like, we're, "We're always living for next year." Yeah, and it's it's not made any easier by the fact, and this is again my limited understanding, but like the the market prices are controlled by a few companies. Yeah. Because they own the slaughterhouses. Yeah. And they'll only give so much. 
And yeah, I heard a statistic the other day that something like 80% of the beef consumed in the U.S. is not from U.S. producers. I, I heard the same thing. Um, some of it's from Australia. Some of it's from Argentina. Yeah. Like, and, and apparently the way the law works is as long as it was processed here or yeah. some part of, you know what I mean? Yeah. They can say USA. Yeah. Which is, you know. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That That's like um, being able to order all the garments from China. And then because you put it in a box here, you can tear that tag off and say from the USA. Yeah. You know, it's. Uh, you embroidered some initials on the front. Yeah. So made in USA. Yeah. And and you're talking about people's livelihoods. Yeah. You know. And, and how multi generation, yeah, yeah, that's uh, mm. there's there's a lot there's a lot going on there, yeah. you know, and and that didn't happen just um by mistake. Like yeah. there were people that knew, um, yeah, we're gonna do this, we're gonna word it a certain way, but then yeah. that allows us to X Y Z, you know, and even cut out, yeah. Uh, the middleman, so to speak. It's terrible. Yeah. Absolutely. Man. So, if I bought a rope, (laughs) (laughs) can you teach me how to rope? Yeah. How, how, I know this is completely dependent on the person, but like to actually be able to rope well, are you looking at like five years? Uh, it's it's just uh, just standing flat footed. I wouldn't need to dally or anything like that. I yeah. just like the idea of that's like me asking you if I bought a TIG welder. Mm. You think five years I'd be a good welder? <laughs> Point to you, sir. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I get it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's all going to come down to uh, how much do you do when I'm not looking? Yeah. (laughs) You know, how obsessive are you? How many YouTube videos? Yeah, Yeah. it's knowledge. What's your dexterity? Yeah. Are you going to go talk to 20 other people who are proficient in this and try and gleam some of their, you know, their uh, knowledge? It it would probably be... uh, Similar to the same thing I told you, which is, hey, you need to do this, and you need to do it three or four times, and then you'll come to me with good questions. Right. Real questions. <laughs> yeah. 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 I just think it's fascinating because it's such a um, an old art. Yeah. Uh, it's still alive and well, uh, but there's just so few people that know how to do it or know how to... Uh, yes and no. I think in, if you're... If you're tuned into the right sure information stream, yeah, sort of thing. yeah. I'm sure it's overwhelming. Yeah, um, the amount of people are out there trying. Yeah, because for the the ten you see that are successful at the top, there's how many below them that are are <laughs> trying, and you know, hundreds, thousands. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Do you think you would ever want to? Have a few cows, 
have a few pigs, have a horse or two. I am not opposed to tax credits. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on a piece of ground. Yeah. And I, I would like to have um, some cows just for the food supply. Sure. Um, part of it. Um, and I think, I think they do good things for the land as well. As, yeah. as if you're not overgrazing. Yeah. I think they do some, some regenerative stuff. Uh-huh. Um, to the ground. So that, um, as much as I don't like goats and sheep, I think they're good for some kind of like weed control and, mm-hmm. um, you know, clearing the way for other species of plant life to come in. And, um, who doesn't love bacon? Right. So I, I raised pigs, um, for a couple of years and, uh, they're not my favorite. Right. They they smell bad, and I, I just, I don't care for them. Yeah. But I do like bacon. Yeah. Yeah. Butchering hogs, I think, is, is probably one of the most terrible things to do. <laughs> we we ran a meat slab in, in high school, and I hated butchering hogs. Yeah. Skinning a hog is probably the grossest thing ever to me. Yeah. They're disgusting. Yeah. What what's what's different between a deer and a hog? The smell. Oh yeah, yeah. Skinning a hog is is pretty easy. Mm-hmm. You could take a razor blade and you just cut strips. Like you put the razor blade out, you know, eighth inch or something, and you just cut strips, and then you can just take some effort, but you can peel most of that off, most mm-hmm. of the skin off. But yeah, it's rancid. Really? I don't. I don't know. I can't describe it. It's just. Not pleasant at all. Right. Yeah. Ugh. But do love bacon. Right. And pork chops. Mm-hmm. And sausage. And yeah. As I was saying earlier, you can't make pasole without right without pork. Not good pasole anyway. The it's still just fascinating to me, like. The fact that you have this whole aspect of your life that, like, you just, it was a thing you did. You don't talk about it that much, but. Yeah. Uh, it obviously. What's well, been so long ago. Yeah. You know, you feel like, uh, oh, who's the guy? You ever seen Napoleon Dynamite? Oh, yeah. The coach put me in. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want state for sure. I, Uncle, I don't. Uncle Rico. Uncle Rico. Yeah. I don't want to be, I don't want to be that guy. Right. Well, but, but you never talk about it. It's not like yeah. you're like, you know. Um, but but it's it's interesting that uh, you know so much about that, but that's just like a compartmentalized thing. Yeah. You know? uh, Way back when. Yeah. That's okay. So I do I do want to get a rope. Okay. And at least say that, like, I had some instruction right. in in that uh, that art. I've got one at the house. I'll bring it yeah. sometime. Yeah. It's a little stiff, but it would it would it would work for it would work. teaching purposes. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. This is. I think we should have a a follow up podcast at some point. Where we cover um, 
the highs, the lows, <laughs> the failures, the attempts. Um, maybe you make fun of me a little bit. I'd be a good sport. Um, Absolutely but, uh, not. <laughs> I just think it's a, it's just completely cool. And I do remember you saying at one point, you said something about when you're riding a horse, you'd be like, if it's comfortable, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it's like anything. If you do it enough, then you're going to be comfortable rhythm. in it. Yeah. yeah. If you're, if you're not in tune, if you're off, then yeah, it's going to be uncomfortable. Yeah. Like you see the people on TV, like, inevitably in a, in a TV show, someone will bring the city slicker out and put them on a horse. And it just looks like, like a pea and a sea of corn, like really yeah. out of place in what they're doing. And that, and you can see it, you could see it's uncomfortable, right? Because they don't know how to sync up. Yeah. And, and make it comfortable and move with the horse. Well, I've had a few like sort of goals in my life. And I realize this sounds fanciful or ridiculous, but at, at one point my goal, and and I guess deep down it's still there, is I want to own a Clydesdale named Samson <laughs> <laughs> that I can actually saddle and ride. Now, that may be completely ridiculous. I don't even know. I mean, maybe a Clydesdale is so wide that you can't actually like get your legs on both sides of it. I don't they're, know. Big animals. They're massive. Yeah. yeah. That's why they're usually in a harness. Right. Pulling something also massive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but those just seem like a really cool horse, you know. Or agreed. Is there, um, there's another type of horse that's people mistake for a Clydesdale, but it may be called a Belgium. Yeah. Or something, but also sort of the same characteristics, but to a horseman, they're just like, <laughs> Of course, those are different, right? You know, right? Um, I don't. Again, I don't know enough, um, one way or the other. But uh, I've always been fascinated with those big draft horses because yeah. they are, um, they're just such a purpose built, yeah, like um, form, form and function, and mm -hmm. just like this is what they are. And and again, Clydesdale. They, if if I'm correct in this, their name actually comes from Dale is area surrounding, yeah, and the Clyde is the River Clyde in Scotland. Oh, okay. So it's from it's it's basically a Scottish bred yeah horse um, from the area around the River Clyde, which I live next to. Okay, there in Glasgow, I um, see the connection. Yeah, so yeah. there'd be a little bit of a hey, that's cool. Yeah. You know, um, but, uh, but yeah, maybe one day I'll, uh, own a Clydesdale. They're, they're cool. They're, yeah. there's quite a feed bill associated. I with would them, imagine. But cool horses. I've never been around. Well, I've seen the Budweiser horses. Right. Yeah. You know, in, on display here yeah. and there. Um, there was a, a neighboring ranch to ours. The part of the ranch was in the mountains. So in the winter, they couldn't get vehicles up there because of the snow. So they had a a wagon, but on on a, 
like ski, a sled, like sleds. Yeah. yeah. And they had two draft horses where they'd load up hay. Yeah. And they'd take it up on the mountain, feed the cows with the wow with the team. Um, coolest things ever. Gigantic. Yeah. So yeah. big. And, and when you see the hor- the the shoes for those horses compared to normal yeah. size horses. I mean, it looks like a like a toilet seat. <laughs> you know, it's just yeah. like, and some of them even have like studs on them. You know, yeah. I I um I didn't get to see it in person, but a guy was telling me that um they had some logging done on their land, and uh-huh. it was really mountainous and like kind of crazy. Like all the other logging companies were like, we're gonna have to cut a road, and we're gonna have right. to, and they were like, we can't do that because of like zoning and all sorts yeah. of stuff. And there was a guy that came like out of Missouri down to like central Arkansas and he had two draft horses. I think they were Clydesdales and yeah. he logged all of that Yeah, and drug them out with uh, Clydesdales. And they were like, yeah, he was actually standing on the logs uh-huh. and then had the reins. Driving the team. Yeah. yeah. And he was just, I mean, would work them through trees and around corners and yeah. just get it all out to the road and then they'd pick it up and put it on a trailer. So I just, I so find cool. things like that fascinating yeah. because- the, the capabilities of an animal, even though that's from thousands of years ago, it's we still don't have something that beats it, you know? Yeah. Um, Not that wouldn't completely desecrate the land yeah, trying, to, yeah. trying to do what he was doing. And, and so you find this thing that's so old um, in its technology and how it was developed, but we, we still can't beat it. Yeah. You know, I, I just find that fascinating. It's like yeah. the Clydesdale is the... Um, you know, my fascination with the Unimogs and, yeah. and that was also one of my goals and I've been able to cross that off my, my bucket list, but it's like the Unimog of the, the horse. Very and, much. You know? And so I just, yeah. uh, yeah, I don't know. So one of these days I might call you and be like, just hear me out, <laughs> <laughs> but I need your help. <laughs> so, so yeah, I, uh, I think that's great. Yeah. Well, you and I, so when you got the Unimog, I remember you being like, okay, we're going to do yeah. search and rescue. I'm yeah. going to outfit this thing and I'm going to show up and I'm going to open Still up. Still want to. And I'm going to, this is what I'm going to do. And and uh, you looked at me and you're like, are you in? And I was like, yeah. well, I'm going to get some horses and I'm yeah. going to show up with a horse and I'm going to disappear into the forest or up on the yeah. mountain and I'm going to I'm gonna go help search. Like, yeah. if you're going to take care of base camp, like, I'm out. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going. Yeah. Yeah, and that's still, that's still a want. It, it yeah. It, my my thing is is like if if you had a a vehicle like that with those capabilities, you know, being able to pull a, a trailer that has a horse or two horses or whatever, yeah. Um, and then like uh, search and rescue dogs, yeah. Then you're basically showing up with a lot of the tools that. A lot of times these small communities or right after a disaster are yeah. not available readily. Right. You know, and to be able to show up and be self-contained and help. Mm-hmm. And then once that's done, to just be able to leave and feel like you did something. Right. You know? Right. Um, yeah, that's still like a big, that's a big thing for me. Yeah. And uh, I want to be able to work towards that. But um I don't know if a Clydesdale would be practical for that. I'd probably probably be, not. And all like a small donkey. <laughs> I say in all reality, a mule would be best. <laughs> right? Yeah, because there, there's 
somebody told me that they're smarter than horses, and then another person was like, they're not smarter, they're just different. I don't know if they're smarter or different or what they are. I know they're more durable. Yeah. And I know they're more hardy. Yeah. And I know they're a lot better in the mountains than a horse. Right. Just because of their, their sure-footedness and their mm-hmm. ability to to pick their way through you know, a rock slide or a, yeah. you know, a, a ledge, yeah. you know, a trail on a ledge where a horse could, could flip out and, you know, dump you off the edge. A mule is going to be like, I'll deal with you later. Right now we're going <laughs> to, I got work to do. Yeah. 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 And as far as packing, like a mule can, can, you can really load one up with, yeah you know, an elk or whatever, where a horse will shy away from a lot of that stuff that, that's unknown. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's, it still takes some work to train them um, to do all that, but they're, they're much more adaptable. I believe that it's funny because the original emblem for a Unimog um, was not the uh, Mercedes propeller. Uh, it is a um, a stylized mule. Oh a, yeah, with a ring through its nose. That makes total two, sense. Two horns, the 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 face, and then it has a ring. Yeah, and that's way over a hundred years old. That was the original emblem for the uh, Unimog was a mule. So, yeah. I believe it. Maybe I should get mules. <laughs> I'm just talking nonsense, but I mean, you know what I mean? Like you got to have these things that you, uh, that you would like to do yeah. uh, sooner or later. I yeah. mean, um, you know, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think there there's room, there's time to, uh, Oh, for sure. To do something that's really interesting. Yeah. So, but first I got to learn to rope and then, Trailers can be had, animals as well. Yeah. Um, but I just think that's one of the, I don't know. It's like being able to make a fire without matches. Yeah. It just seems like even if you never use it, it's just nice to know that you know how to. Yeah, and, it really is. Yeah. yeah. Well, I appreciate you indulging me in this, uh, like prying into your uh, your life growing up because it's uh, sure, sure, sure. It's pretty awesome. I, uh, I enjoy talking about it. Yeah, um, I enjoy the the memories and and being able to recall yeah times and and information. Although I'm gonna do something that I told myself I wasn't gonna do. I'm gonna I'm gonna look up something on on my phone real quick. Okay. I'm gonna look up Sorrel. Okay. And because that's bothering me. That's <laughs> I've i put that in your mind and now you're that's a to... that's a term I, I should know and I'm drawing a blank. You could completely lie to me and I wouldn't even know. I probably already did. <laughs> okay. A sorrel is a reddish coat color in a horse lacking any black. Very specific. Yeah. So it's a reddish horse, no black. Yeah. It's usually synonymous with chestnut. Mm. One of the most common coat colors of a horse. See, like, uh, that's something I should be like, 
course it is. Uh, all of my credibility down the drain. No, not with me. <laughs> <laughs> I still, <laughs> I was still calling it a lasso, Dwayne. I didn't even realize that that was just wow. exposing me for a drugstore cowboy. Oh my goodness! Yeah. yeah, we'll get you a squeaky saddle. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, sir, I think this has been a great podcast. It's been uh, enjoyable. Yeah. On my end, at least. Oh, for me, because I've always, I mean, here's the thing about the podcast. Uh, and I've heard it several times. How many other times do two people put down their phones and uh, aren't distracted by other people talking to them right in the middle of it? Yeah. And they just actually have a conversation. I mean, the the last time that this happened was probably like 100 years ago when people were sitting Across the uh, fire. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, in a coffee house or in a pub or something yeah. like that. And there was just like no distraction and people were actually talking. Yeah. And I think that's what people have been missing is that sort of like. Definitely. Just locked yeah. in. I think even when you and I don't podcast, we sit in the shop and, yeah. and, and talk. Like there's times where a text will come in or a phone call or something and we'll step away or whatever, yeah. but it breaks that the rhythm, the rhythm yeah. of it. Um, and it seems like we're in, we're in here. We're just kind of immune to all of that outside noise. Yeah. You're locked in. Yeah. You got headphones on. Yeah. And it's like, you're just, you're doing this thing. Yeah. You know, it's so good. It's so like, I always say like, I'm going to be in the moment that I'm in. Yeah. And this is definitely like that. Yeah. Like it just brings you and, and focuses you on, on where you're at. Yeah. When, whenever we do this, I feel better after doing this yeah. rather than feeling drained. Yeah. You know, like when you're at a, some sort of social event and mm -hmm. you're mingling with a bunch of people and oh, you gosh. have like 30 different five minute conversations, I'm just completely wiped out. I am too. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I'm sure that's just personality and the way i'm wired or whatever but uh but yeah this is like you're um you actually feel better yeah. after having a conversation you so, do yeah you do i'd be interested so. to see if if bringing someone else in and and doing this would it would be the same it, it might depend on who it was it will, i think it would yeah yeah but we'll see because that is the the plan yeah. Uh, coming up on on uh, a couple different subjects. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. All right, sir. Well. Well, I enjoyed it, Dwayne. I did too. Thanks for the uh, education. I, uh, I I think we'll probably come back to this because I still have a lot of questions about it, and uh, I just find it fascinating that you were like a real life cowboy, <laughs> and and I had no idea for like five years. Uh, but yeah. uh, and I was, yeah. I don't feel like I was a, a real life cowboy. Like I, you don't put that vibe out and you're not, I understand, but, but it's, you're more of a cowboy than a lot of these guys that act like, cowboys. Oh, you know well, what I mean? Possibly. Yeah. That, um, so yeah, anyway, I think it's great. It was fun. Yeah, absolutely. Well, sir, then, um, after Thanksgiving, We'll come back and uh, pick up where we left off. Uh, With the craftsman. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. All right. 
signing off. All right. Thank you, sir. All right. Thanks.